Well, the Lord gave me something to share today, and it's been on my heart for a while. And, and um, I was supposed to speak on a Friday night or two ago, and uh, I was going to do it a little bit differently, but I still feel like I'm supposed to do it. So we'll believe God that it comes out. You'll believe with me, right? Yes. Um, because if you knew how my stomach felt right now, you'd really be believing with me. So, but anyway, uh, we'll do it. And, uh, you know, the Lord gave me a saying. Oh, it's been several years ago. And I have lived by it as best that I know. But I think you have to understand it to live by it. He told me this. I was dealing with something. Yeah, I've dealt with a lot of stuff. But I was dealing with something and I was getting frustrated about it because nothing was changing. Nothing was changing. Nothing was changing. And I just kept on dealing with it and kept on dealing with it and kept on dealing with it and kept on dealing with it. And I was just getting more and more frustrated about it. Anybody ever been there? Look at the hands. Yeah. And the Lord told me this. Now, I know it was him. I know how to hear his voice. And he told me this. He said, Phyllis, if you change nothing... Nothing is going to change. Phyllis, if you change nothing, nothing is going to change. Now that sounds like, yeah, right. But how many of you ever wanted to lose any weight? And you were frustrated about it year after year after year after year. If you change nothing, nothing's going to change. And how many of you will raise your hand and honestly say you've had marriage troubles? Uh huh. And if you change nothing, nothing's going to change. And how many ever had trouble with your kids? Uh huh. And if you change. Nothing's going to change. And how many ever had trouble with their finances? Uh huh. And if you change, nothing. And how many ever had trouble in their bodies, sickness? And if you change, nothing's going to change. It sounds real simple, doesn't it? But we go on day after day after day after day after day after day and we change nothing and we get more and more and more and more and more and more frustrated but nothing changes except for our frustration getting more and more and more and more. You know, we, of course, have employees and I've gotten frustrated with employees. Yeah, I have. Because I have expected them to know things. But how can you expect somebody to know something unless you teach them? How many of you, when you started first grade, you knew calculus?
How many of you, when you started first grade, you knew biology? I know Max, Brother Copeland's grandson, he went to first grade to his first year of school, and he went like three days, and he came home, and he told Kelly, he said, Mama, I don't have to go back. I already know everything that they're teaching me. <laughs> and she asked him a couple of questions, and he said, well, Mama, she said, how, how far is it from the earth to the moon or something like that? And, and he said, I don't know, Mama, but you know and you can tell me. <laughs> I'm not going back. But do you understand when you start school, how many of you knew how to read um, books like uh, some of these books that you read in Spanish or something when you started? Most of you can barely read English, right? How many can read Spanish? I've got a few people that can read Spanish now. Latin. Well, let's say Latin. A couple of words maybe. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Unless you have been taught something, you don't know anything. Unless somebody... That's why they spend so much time teaching our kids. Now, I grew up Catholic. I've not made a secret of it. I didn't know the story of Daniel in the lion's den. I didn't know all the Bible character stories. How many of you grew up and you didn't hear all those stories when you grew up? You didn't know, Look at all the hands. You didn't know all those stories. And I went straight into faith. From nothing to faith. And people, they, they'd say, turn to this book in the Bible. And I'd be going, looking to see if anybody around me knew that I couldn't find that book in the Bible. I didn't have a clue that there was even a book like that in the Bible, much less where to turn to it. But you don't know unless you learn it. But what happens to people is they go from this not going to school to around people that are in high school and they like to pretend... Say pretend that they know the same thing that people are in high school know. And they have failures. It's like me. I like to tell off on me. How many of you remember my math challenges? Nobody remembers me telling about math. Then y'all ain't been listening. Nobody remembers me telling what I had to do with Keith. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. You know why I had to, I'm not proud of it, cheat off my husband in algebra? Because I never learned how to multiply and divide. I never really learned how to multiply and divide. So when I got to algebra, it was foreign to me. I couldn't do it. Because if you can't multiply and divide, 
What's going to happen to you in algebra? It ain't happening. You're going to get a big fat F. Big fat F, right? Right. Well, that's what's happening to people about faith. They're going from, they don't know barely how to add one plus one, and they're trying to do calculus. And, and they're, they're defeated. And I hate defeated Christians. I hate it because then the devil wins. And, and then the world wins. Because the devil sees us as defeated. He sees us as we don't know how to function and we're sad and we're depressed and we're downtrodden and we don't have anything and the world sees us as defeated and we make all these confessions and we say all this stuff and we can't pay our bills and we're sick. And we know the right stuff to say because we've sat here and we've heard it week after week after week. And I knew the right things to say about algebra. But you give me an algebra problem, I couldn't solve it if my life depended on it. I knew what it looked like. But I couldn't give you the answer. And you know what the problems look like. But coming up with that right answer, coming up with your money, coming up with your healing, somewhere between the question and the answer, we're getting lost. Amen. So that means to me, we got to start back and figure out we may need some tutors. Because we can't be defeated. But the problem with that is, we got to admit we don't know algebra. We got to admit we messed up somewhere along the way. Now look at this right here. I've got to give you some scripture because if Keith watches this... <laughs> He's going to say, Phil. Hebrews 5, verse 11. This is King James. Of whom we have many things to say, and it's hard to be uttered, seeing that you're dull of hearing. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you still have need of one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become as such that need milk and not strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. But strong meat belongs to those that are of full age, even for those who by reason have their senses. What's that next word? Oh, it's an ugly word. Exercised to discern both good and evil. 
Now the N, the NIV says basically the same th- same thing, but solid food verse 14 is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. And let's see here. This is the part you're not going to like. But it's in the Bible. And this is where I said we have to admit where we are. Okay, so do we want to know how to add 1 plus 1 so that we can get to algebra? Okay? Do we want to know where we're missing it? Do we want... Everybody likes to admit I can eat the strong meat. Right? But how many of you have ever not been able to get healed? Honest? Now, see, the hands are not going up as much now as they were earlier. How many of you have never not been able to pay a bill? See, the hands are just not going up quite as much anymore. Because they just don't want to admit where they are. They, everybody wants to admit, I got, I can eat that strong meat. Give me a steak that's raw. <laughs> Look at Dan. Give me that raw steak. <laughs> yeah, that's Dan, Rob. They like them raw. Moo. <laughs> it didn't say a hit and miss. God will when you're a baby. When you're a baby, he'll have mercy on you. And he'll let you taste and get the feeling that some things are good. And he'll heal you flat on mercy. But as you grow, this consistent thing that he was talking about, this having, this verse 14, solid food is for the mature who by constant... Oh, constant use have trained themselves. That means basically every time you use it, you've trained yourself, you're healed, your needs are met. To distinguish, you're getting your answers. Every time you do an algebra, it's not like me with algebra. Let's put it back to that. I might by chance do an algebra problem and get it right. Maybe if I spend two hours on it. By chance. But to be able to be the person that knows algebra well enough that 99.9% of the time when they do algebra, what do they do? They get it right. They know how they're doing. They know what they're doing. It's not just by happenstance that I would get it right. They know how to work the problem. They know what they're doing to get the right answer. There's a difference in the two. Do you understand that? Okay, so let's read this next verse and understand where I'm coming from on it. 1 Corinthians 3. And you'll understand where I'm coming from. It says, I could not speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal, even as to 
babies and I had to feed you with what? Okay, now these three people got it. Now what about the rest of y'all? I had to feed you with? Milk. And I could not feed you with? Meat. Because you weren't able to bear it. Neither two are you now able because you're yet carnal. For where is there is among you envying and strife and divisions? In order to add one plus one to go forward in the things of God, we've got to start where God tells us to start. When we get saved, we've got to follow our hearts and cut out the things He tells us to cut out. We can't grow up spiritually and eat spiritual meat. We're still babies on milk if we're envying and striping and divisioning. If we want every time we go to God for something, for us to know how it's working and for it to work, we've got to cut out the envying and striping and division. It won't be a hit and miss anymore. Now, I make gumbo. Anybody else make gumbo? A couple of people make gumbo. Now, when you make gumbo and you make it from scratch, you know that you have to do certain things and they have to be done exactly that way. Like when you make a roux. Does anybody know what a roux is? A couple of people know what a roux is. It's a pain to make it right. And you can't leave it. You really have to pay attention to what you're doing or you'll burn it. And you'll have to throw it out and start all over again. Now, when you make gumbo, you have to put in certain ingredients. Cajuns call it the Holy Trinity. (laughs) Now, we know better than that, but they call it the Holy Trinity. Now, if you were to leave out the onion and the bell pepper and the celery, you don't really have gumbo. And if you throw in tomatoes, it ain't really gumbo. You don't really know what gumbo is. Now, there's people today that throw in gumbo. They ain't really Cajun. I beg to differ with them. You ain't a Cajun. A true Cajun. Because a true Cajun ain't putting no tomato in his gumbo. But in order to make real gumbo, you have to put in a bunch of ingredients to come up with a real gumbo that Keith's going to say, Phil, this is good. Brother Hagen, I mean, I remember one time cooking gumbo for him and I made some appetizers. It was one of the first times I cooked for him. And I thought, this has got to be right. I set the table right. I made a bunch of appetizers. He said, I don't want all that mess. Give me some gumbo. <laughs> And he'd, he'd just call me every once in a while. You in the mood to make some gumbo? <laughs> sure, Dad. I mean, it's an all-day thing if you do it right. But if you don't put in all the ingredients at the proper amount, you're not going to have good gumbo. Do you understand that? Yes. Well, there's a lot of recipes like that. How many of you are pretty good cooks? You know that 
when you're cooking, you have to put in certain ingredients at the right amount. Some of the husbands is laughing at their wives when they raise their hand. I want you to know that. The wife went like this and the husband went... That's between them. I don't know. You know, who knows? Anyway, for it to be good, you have to put a certain amount of this and a certain amount of that and a certain amount of this for it to turn out right. That's the way the things of God are. You can't just, if you want to reach this, You can't just put in confession. You can't just put in love. You can't just put in this scripture. You can't just put in tithing. You can't just put in giving. You got to mix a whole bunch of stuff up in the right amounts for it to turn out right. And I think a lot of people are confused about this stuff. They think if I just give, if I just walk in love, if I just treat my wife right or I don't treat my wife right, it don't matter. Do you understand? With God, it's a matter of mixing that gumbo just right. So we're going to cover a few of these things today, okay? So that we can get the one plus the one, and get the two so that we can move on to some other things. Okay? So, what's that I said at the beginning? If you change nothing, nothing's going to change. Now, I don't expect our employees. Now, Ethan's new. Ethan, stand up. I won't embarrass him here. Rob's been gone in Branson, and uh, you can sit down now. And Ethan has had to take on some of Rob's jobs. A shelf fell in my house one day, and the sheetrock came out, and he had to patch a hole in the wall, and usually Rob would do that. But Ethan had to figure it out for himself. I said, it's going to be behind the clothes. It's a good time to learn. (laughs) I didn't expect him to know how to do that. I did expect him to try. Do you understand that? I did expect him to, today, get on YouTube. Watch somebody do it. Go buy the supplies. Get out there. See if you can do it. I was not going to fuss at him if it wasn't done perfectly. Now, Rob, I might have fussed at. But Rob was busy in Branson. Doing the pavilion. But Ethan, I wasn't going to fuss at him. He'd never done it before. But I would have fussed at him had he not even tried. Had he not even tried. How many of you remember the story of the talents? Why was God upset with that one man? He didn't even try. It wasn't that he couldn't do it. Is he wouldn't even try. 
he would not even try. Now, how many of you know in Matthew the story that comes before that story? The oil and the lamps. The ten virgins. It's not a coincidence that that comes right before that. There were ten virgins that were waiting on the Lord. Ten got their oil and got some extra. Ten didn't. Because they were what? Foolish. Lazy, some of them say. And they expected other people to pick up the slack for them. You know, we have a society like that today that are always expecting somebody else to pick up the slack for them. And that's what happened immediately after that on the talents. God gave him something and he didn't expect him to make ten talents out of his one. He just expected him to make one. He just expected him to do something with it. That's the way I was with Ethan. I didn't expect Ethan to make that the best job of, say, Dwayne that's been doing it for 30 years or Rob that's been doing it for 30 years. He did an excellent job. I did expect him to try. Without faith, it is to please God. With God, turn to Luke 16, NIV. Dan, can I get a little cooler? You know, I'm not Keith, you know, and I get a little warm up here. Luke 16, 11. A lot of people get this wrong. A lot of people think that you can be trusted to do stuff and then you'll get money. If I can just do my job good, and if I can do this good, and I can do that good, then I'm going to get money. With God, it's just the opposite. Look at Luke 16, 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling what? Say it again. Unrighteous mammon, worldly wealth. If you hadn't been trustworthy in handling money, who's going to trust you with true riches? True riches. To me, when I think of that verse, I think of all the times the Lord has used me, saying a word of knowledge. I remember the time vividly that Keith tells about, you've all heard him tell about in Canada, when we were there. And the Lord gave me the exact figure on that woman's bill. And other times, gave me the exact model of a car. Gave me in a service one time a man that was abusing his daughter. Wound up in jail. Lots of times. I know for a fact those things would not happen 
unless I paid attention to things that the Lord had said to me. Those things don't just happen unless you do what the Lord says. If we don't honor what He tells us, then He's not going to give us more. Let me give you an example. When I worked for a chiropractor, I ran his office. I was the office manager. I did it for years and years and years. He was a big believer, which most chiropractors are. He was a big believer in vitamins. And he would give me handfuls and bottles of vitamins. And I'd get the sniffles or something would bother me or just anything. And he'd say, are you taking those vitamins? And I'd just kind of roll my eyes. (laughs) And he'd say, you'd know they'd work a lot better if you'd just put them under your pillow, sarcastically. (laughs) (laughs) What did that mean? Huh? They're doing me no good if I don't take them. But here's the question. Why didn't I take those vitamins? I'm going to do you like I do the youth. Back over here in this corner, why didn't I take those vitamins? I didn't believe they'd work. I didn't believe they'd work, right? That's why I didn't take the vitamins, right? 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 right. I didn't believe they'd work. That's why I didn't take the vitamins, right? Right. right? And you guys back there in the back, why didn't I take the vitamins? And everybody at one time, why didn't I take those vitamins? One more time, why didn't I take the vitamins? You're not getting it. Why didn't I take the vitamins? Why don't you take that scripture? You know, if you put that Bible under your bed about healing... That scripture might just jump off and heal you. (laughs) Why didn't I take that vitamin? I've seen it thousands of times. Keith and I will soon be in the ministry 40 years. And over those 40 years, I've seen it over and over and over and over and over. Probably as many people are sitting in this crowd. People come to you. They have a problem. You give them the scripture that is the answer for them. They go, "Mm mm-hmm, just like you just did. Mm Mm-hmm. And they walk out the door. I would, I'm not a betting person, But I'd be willing to bet with you 
they never read it again. Never. They never read it again. Why don't they read it again? They don't believe it's going to help them. They don't believe it's going to work. Just like I didn't believe that vitamin was going to help me, I thought it was useless. Do you know you can sit here week after week after week after week. You can memorize this book. You can quote every scripture in it. I could tell you every vitamin he had and what they did. I worked for him for 15 years. I knew every one of them. I knew the ingredients in them. I knew what they did. I knew what they were for. I sold them to people every single day. And I could convince you that they would work. But I never took them. Because my husband taught healing school every day. And I believed in something else more. This word will do you no good unless you believe it. And if you believe it, you're going to do something about it. Which brings me to my next verse. Uh, Read Hebrews with me. These scriptures do you no good unless you believe them, but I'm going to read them to you anyway. Okay, Hebrews 4, verse 2. All this is in the Bible. just want to prove it to you. King James, you've got enough word in you to move mountains every day, but... For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word did not profit them, not being mixed with... In them that heard it. Then IV says, For we also have the gospel preached to us, just as they did, but the message heard was of what? No value. No value to them, because those who heard it did not what? Combine it with faith. faith. The word is valueless. I don't care how many services you sit in. I don't care how many sermons you listen to. I don't care if you listen to Brother Keith from the time you get up till the time you go to bed. I've probably heard him preach way more than most of you. But unless I mix faith with it, it is D E A you can't spell. No wonder we have to go back to school. A D Faith James 2 
19. Faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Someone can say, you have faith and I have works. Show your, you, me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my works uh, with my faith. The Message Bible says this. Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department and I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show you your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith, works, works, faith. They fit together like a hand in a glove. The New Century Version says this. Verse 20. We'll just read it because i got some other things we need to do. It says, you foolish person, must you be shown that faith does nothing and is worth nothing Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. That's right. Say that with me. Faith that does nothing, faith that does nothing is, is worth Say it again. Faith that, faith that does nothing is worth Vitamins that you do nothing with are worth nothing. Talents you do nothing with are worth nothing. Now, when people don't use their talents, is the Lord happy with them? No. When people don't use their faith, is the Lord happy with no, them? No. no. So is it okay if we just sit around and don't use the abilities and faith that God gave us? No. Well, I'm too sickly. I'm too weak. I only have one little talent. What does it matter? They have so much more than I do. Let them do it. What's he going to say to you? I'm going to take everything you got and give it to somebody else. Well, that ain't fair. Well, he said it. Tell him that. Because you did? What if, let's go back to this scenario, real natural again. What if I had come back in and Ethan looked at me and he said, I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. You know, it's your wall. It's your house. Your house is quite nice. What if I mess it up? That's logical. It's your house. What if I leave a big gaping wall and it looks really bad? I'm too scared. I could really mess that up. What if I make a bigger mess than what's there? I'd say, Ethan... You need to find another job, buddy. I don't do fear. And people would say, Mrs. Moore, you're hard. No. No. To be around me, you've got to have some faith. I didn't say I was going to fuss at him if he did a bad job. If it would have been done lousy. He tried. He tried. 
Tom can tell you, they can tell you, we've all made mistakes. Every single one of us has made mistakes. But man, we've got to try. We've got to give it our best. Do what we know to do. And with YouTube out there, you can do it. You can build a house off of YouTube. You can figure it out. But you can't just sit still and do nothing and expect somebody to come and hand it to you. It doesn't work that way with God. He's like, I gave everybody a measure of... I gave it to everybody. So with this measure, you can do something. All right? This says that faith that does nothing is worth nothing. The last verse on that, verse 26 says, Just as a person's body that does not have a spirit is dead, so faith that does nothing is dead. Faith has to have a corresponding action. Every time God tells you to do something or every time you release your faith on something, God is going to give you a corresponding action. It's all through the Bible. You just haven't looked for it. Let me read you a few. The woman with the issue of blood, she wanted to be healed. What did she do? She got up in her sickly, weakened condition and pressed through crowds and went and did what? Touched his garment and she was what? Healed. The man with the withered hand. He couldn't do that. What did he do? Corresponding faith with an action will get you results. The centurion servant, what did he do? He went to Jesus. He himself went to Jesus. And Jesus told him to believe on your way back that he's healed. Elisha, the woman, he gave her a son. And what did that woman do to believe for her son's healing? She loaded him up. And took him to Elisha. She didn't just lay there and say, God, send him back to me. (laughs) And that's what I think a lot of people do. They just wait on God. It's going to drop down. And even if it does drop down like manna from heaven, what do you got to do? There will always be a corresponding action to your faith. Always. There's always going to be one. Let me tell you some on finances. They needed tax money. Now somebody's going to think you really dumb. Everything I've ever done by faith, people have thought I was really dumb. But it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks. It matters that you get the results God told you to get. All right? And the woman that her and her sons were starving, 
What was she told to do? Go get some pots. And not a? Not a few. Is there a corresponding action to everyone's faith? There's something that you're supposed to do. Every time you go to God and say, God, I'm believing for this new car. Do you remember the story about Brother Jerry that Keith just recently told? Let me review it with you again in case some of you don't know it. And sometimes Keith tells it on the real spiritual side, and I tell it on the real natural side. Y'all want to know the real natural side behind that? For, I know, three plus four years, we were getting the Falcon, the big airplane. And we had the citation. And I know on a daily basis, almost, Keith and I would say, Lord, show us what we're supposed to do with this airplane, the citation. Are we supposed to sell it? Are we supposed to sew it? What are we supposed to do with it? Every day, almost. And this went on for three years, probably. Now, that's a lot. How long is three years? Long time. Lord, are we supposed to sell it? Are we supposed to sew it? We were checking our hearts. We... You'd think about this one, and we'd talk about this one, we'd think about this one, and we never got a witness that we were supposed to do either one of them with it. And we just keep praying about it. Lord, what are we supposed to do with this? What are we supposed to do with this? Well, all during this time, Brother Jerry's not believing for anything. He's felt like he wasn't supposed to have another airplane. Well, he's up in New York, I think. And the Lord asked him, Jerry, you quitting traveling? He says, no, Lord. Well, who told you you wasn't supposed to have an airplane? The Lord's asking Brother Jerry this. He said, nobody. He said, well, I I would say that you need to be believing me for you an airplane. Well, he didn't waste any time. That's the way faith people are. When God tells you to do something, you jump on it. You don't waste any time. He calls us. I remember we were driving somewhere. And we put him on speaker. It's Brother Jerry. He says, hey, guys, it's Brother Jerry. We said, hey, Jerry. He says, I got this seed I'm sending to y'all today. It's such and such amount. He said, I'm believing for an airplane. He said, the Lord, he told us the story. I'm believing for an airplane. Well, as soon as he said that, as soon as he got the words out of his mouth, I looked at him, he looked at me. I mean, I looked at Keith, Keith looked at me. We knew immediately. There was no more praying. There was no more questioning. There was no more doubting. There was no more wondering. There was no more nothing. Nothing. We knew exactly who the plane was supposed to go to. But now let me get to the other side of that. For three years, that plane was on hold. It wasn't going to anyone. Where is your blessing? Where are the things that you're supposed to be having? Are you actually sowing and believing for them? Actively believing for them? Taking... When Jerry... The Lord told Jerry he was supposed to be having an airplane... He took a step of And what did he do? He had a corresponding action. He said, Lord, what am I supposed to do? 
And evidently the Lord told him so into Keith and Phyllis's airplane that they're about to get. He didn't waste any time. He picked up the phone and called us. He sewed into us. We had a corresponding action and said, Brother Jay, we, we waited. We thought we were going to wait a whole day, but we couldn't. We couldn't wait an hour. <laughs> we called him back. But my question behind you is, where's your house? Where's your car? Where's your baby? Where's the things you're believing for? Are you waiting on God? we got to learn to add this one plus one. Let's cut out the strife. Let's cut out the bitterness. Let's cut out the envy. Let's make some good gumbo here. Let's get these vitamins to working. Let's put some faith with it. When the Lord tells us to do something, what are we going to do? We have to make this word work. We can't just hear it and stick it under our bed. You can hear word from now till Jesus comes. But unless when you hear a word, you value it. You don't have to hear a thousand things. But when you hear something and it registers in your heart, you need to all week long listen to that over and 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 get that scripture and put it in. That's why people used to stick up scriptures in front of them because they ministered to them and they fed their faith. I still have things in front of me. I have them on my phone and they pop up and they remind me and I read it over and over again. Because it ministers to me and it feeds me. And if I'm believing for healing, man, by Jesus' stripes I was healed. By Jesus' stripes I was healed. By Jesus' stripes I was healed. I was, I was, I was. I'm not looking for it. I'm not needing it. I got it. I was healed. And I'm not in a wheelchair. I was healed. This word has to mean something to you. It can't just be a black and white book. And His word, when He tells you something, you can't think about doing it and you can't say, well, people are going to think I'm weird or people are going to think, oh, she's crazy or, or do I really want to do that? Go, go ask all my neighbors in the neighborhood for a bunch of pots. That's going to look a little dumb. Well, do you want to get a little rich? When the Lord tells you, Keith and Phyllis, leave leave Tulsa and go to Branson and start a church with no people. Lord. I remember specifically. We were praying about money. We were so broke we couldn't buy a new shoelace. And I'm not kidding you. And Keith's praying about money. You've heard him tell the stories. He's praying about money, praying about money. And the Lord says, Keith, do this. And the Lord, Keith says, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but money. You remember him telling that? Yes. Yes. He's praying about money, praying about money, praying about money. And the Lord says, Keith, do this. Yeah. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes back to praying about money. And the Lord says, Keith, 
do this has nothing to do with money. When are we going to grow up and add one plus one? We can't get to calculus unless we learn how to add one plus one. And the way we grow up in God is we have to start at the beginning. We have to learn. And this is the way we're going to learn. Shireen, Karen, Dave, y'all get ready. I know when I started learning how to hear from God, I didn't just start out believing for a million dollars to come in. You can't. People try that. People mess up. I know I'm going to embarrass Dan and Rob just for a minute, but they're used to it. (laughs) I don't want to embarrass them too much, but Rob and Carrie were in Branson. And everybody else was getting new, great big houses, and they were doing things. And they stepped out beyond their faith at the time. They built them this great big house. Am I right? They'll be the first to tell you. They should stand up. I don't want to embarrass them. But I think, I think they have told you the story in, ser- in the service here. It's the only reason I'm doing it. They got out beyond their faith. Like Keith did with that truck he had to sell. Now, we've all done it. We've all done it. But humble people and people not full of pride will tell you about it and help you to grow. They had to get rid of it and get someplace that they were and go back and learn how to add one plus one so they could get where they are and pay off what they got. And the Lord helped them, supernaturally helped them to get something that they really like now. Y'all can sit down. But unless you're willing to do that, you're never going forward. Sometimes you've got to go backward to go forward. Now, Dan, one time, Dan and Shereen are givers. I know that. They've never, I, I just know it. Because you know the way people live. Somebody asked me one time, one of my church members doesn't give. I said, how do you know that? I said, I don't know what our church people give, but I can tell you who gives and who doesn't give because of their lifestyle. If you don't give, you're broke. If you don't tithe... You're broke. That's what it is. You can say, I don't have the money to tithe. You don't have the money not to tithe. Because the devourer is going to eat everything you got if you don't tithe. Anyway, Dan, one day, it just came up on my heart. I said, Dan, how much money do people give you? He said, no, they don't. Nobody ever gives me anything. I said, Dan, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I just talk to them the way I would talk to my kids because they are. I said, what are you believing for? He said, I don't know. I said, Dan, this week, this has been a while back. This wasn't yesterday. I said, "Um, this week, I want you to believe for somebody to give you, what was it? Do you remember what it was? $20. I want somebody to get you to believe somebody's going to give you $20. That's not a lot of money. 
I didn't say 20,000. I said 20. Now, he could, he could believe God because he's sown it, I know, for way more than that. But you got to start where you are. You don't start it believing God for a, a brand new truck paid for if you can't believe for a $200 payment a month. And you don't go in debt for a hundred things if you can't believe God for... You should only have one debt. Uh-oh, I stepped on some toes then. <laughs> Pay it off, then get another one. Pay it off and get another one. So, so your car is bad. Well, believe God for a car. That's what gets people in a mess they can't give. See how quiet it got? The more seed you... If you plant a two-by-two plot, you're only going to reap off of a two-by-two plot. If you plant a hundred-by-hundred plot, you're going to reap off of a hundred-by-hundred plot. You will get richer faster off of the hundred-by-hundred plot than you will the two-by-two plot. You know why you don't do that? Because you don't believe in taking vitamins. You don't believe this book. You don't believe it. I believe it. I, I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't give. Not a day in my life that goes by that I don't give. But that's me. Because I believe this book. And I don't keep up with I couldn't tell you what I give. They say, well, you need to count off on your taxes. You need to know. You need to give this a percentage and you need to... God knows every dime I give. And I am so blessed, I can't tell you how blessed I am. I am so blessed, even the blessed of the blessed of the blessed of the blessed, as Keith says, and the blessed of the blessed of the blessed call me blessed. And I get everything I get for half. People come to me and say, how did you get that for half? I don't know. I don't know. And, and when, when I believe for something, I, I don't even believe for it. That beach house that we got, I'm telling you, the people we found out later, they paid way more for it and it was sold. And when, every time I, we tell somebody it was sold, they say, we knew it was yours because it was sold. <laughs> we are just so blessed. But if you want to reap faster... Then you sow more. But the reason you don't is because you don't believe this. You don't believe in your vitamins. So anyway, I told him that. I said, damn, believe for $20. He got $20 the next week. But he had never believed to reap. He'd been sowing his whole life, but he never believed to reap. The other day he came to me and said, somebody gave me this. I said, duh. (laughs) We have a part in what happens in our lives. How many of you... Let me read it to you again. I want to get it right the way. If you change... How many of you want to change something in your life and see change? 
How many of you today see where you could change something? Okay. Shireen, come up. Put Branson on the screen. Dave, stand up there and be me. Karen, go up. All the employees come up to the front and stand across the front here, please. Branson, do the same. I believe in you. I believe in every person in here. I believe in every person in Branson. I'm sorry if you're an E-member or E-family all over the globe. I can't get to you. But maybe you can do something within where you are with each other that corresponds to this. You guys turn and face this way for just a minute. And um, Dave, you can do the same thing. We're going to kind of do a little bit of, uh, I don't know a better way to put it, maybe a little bit like loaves and fishes type thing. How many of you really, really, really and truly believe what I preach today and are going to make some changes in it? You really believe it. Okay? You believe this word. You're not going to do like the vitamins and not believe it. You see that you haven't really respected the word enough to do what it says. And when the Lord tells you something, you're going to do it. This Bible says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Say it with me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Shall men. Okay? Well, the Lord dealt with me to do something. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to... I've not lost my mind. I'm going to give every person in here $5. Every person in Branson $5. You can calculate it, you math people. I didn't go to algebra, so I don't know how much. And I want you to hold on to it. I want you, when you get it, I want you to stand up. The, our staff is going to pass it out to you because I want it to be from me, through them, to you. Okay? I believe there's an anointing on it. So just go around and, and just pass out. Dave, start handing it to them. And um, we're going to go ahead and do it. Adults only. Adults only. Or, and they represent their households. Hey, I believe in the ladies, too. Some people say just give it to the guys, the head of the house, but no way, Jose. (laughs) I believe we're going to do it. Let's make sure we got enough to go. You know, I may be giving too much to each person, so spread it out a little, he says. Dan says, spread it out a little. I'll give you two. (laughs) I can multiply. Dan can multiply. So y'all kind of go around, and when, when, when we pray... Make sure I have enough here. Somebody give me some of yours down there on that end that's got a bunch. Whoever got a big wad. Dan, keep yours, man. There we go. We got plenty. We got plenty. Okay. Are y'all all passed out there? No, Dave's still going slow poke. Somebody's in their head calculating. I can see it. Doesn't matter. I'm going to get a return. You can betcha. 
Y'all are good ground. Dave, make sure you keep some for you and Kim. Okay, he's done. Okay, so everybody stand up, and I'm going to pray. Okay, Father God, you said give. Let's do it this way. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me. And it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So I sow this seed into these guys, and we will continue to pray when they have it in their hands. In Jesus' name. Go out and hand a $5 bill. You can pass it down the row. You can do whatever you need to do. But hand a $5 bill to everyone. The reason that I'm doing this is because every person in here can start with seed. Nobody in here can tell me they don't have seed. I did this with the youth. And our youth... Do you remember the testimony about two weeks ago? I think Kim read about the person that got the house with two and a half acres. That was one of the youth that was in youth when I was doing youth. They learned this ten years ago. And they were getting married and they got a house and two and a half acres. And I mean, they know how to sow and reap. And you can know how to, but you have to learn one plus one and not be ashamed of going back to one plus one. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Raise it up real high like this so they can see you. They're getting around, so. You may be way above $5, but. Everybody can learn about reaping better. I can learn. There's some up here, Shireen, in the middle here. Pass it down through or... Dave, wave at me when they're all done. There's a bunch up here in this middle section that don't have, so if you've got some extras, come up here. We should have extras. Over here on this side, Cheryl. Wave your hands if you don't have it. Just wave them real high so they can see you. Both places. Wave them real. Go like this if you don't have it so we can get this done. Just wave them. Is anybody missing a $5 bill?
Okay, there's only one rule for this $5 bill. Let's let them get finished in ransom. They're still moving around like buzzing bees, so we'll let them get finished. Shereen, we got some fives left. Go give them to the 99-year-old lady for her birthday. <laughs> Dave, are you done? He's done. All right. Okay, so listen up, and like I said, there's only one guideline for this five. You know how I said, Dan, I want you to believe that someone is going to give you $20 this week? Guys, I'm sowing this five into you, and when we pray, we're going to bow our heads, and we're going to stop for a second, and I want you to believe that someone is going to give you back multiplied fives at least $20 this week. $20. They're either going to buy your lunch, you're going to get a $20 deal on something, you're going to get $20 off on something, you're going to get a $20 deduction on a phone bill, you're going to get half off on something, you're going to get a $20 something. Do you understand that? Something that values at $20 at least. Because, I mean, when I get a house that I consider that I got for half price, do you understand? That's a lot of money. That's I didn't have to pay that amount for it. Or I get a car that's half price. When I got that Bentley and I didn't have to pay all that money for it, that's just like somebody handed me money. Do you understand that? You may not tithe off of it, but... People do things differently. Depends on how blessed you want to be. People get technical about that kind of stuff. I just want to be blessed. I'm not a technical person. You can't find a legal bone in my body. I'm sure you can tell that by now, though. Okay. So, all right. Everybody got their $5. Hold it up to the Lord. You give me your word by holding that up. You're going to believe for something in return this week, right? That's not everybody. Okay, Dave, everybody there saying yes, wave your hand at me. All right, okay. All right, how many of you remember Brother Hagin's book? What was the first thing he said do? Four, five. Everybody should have read this book by now. It, don't let it be vitamins, okay? It's very important that you read this. Okay? Don't put it under your pillow. All right? He says, claim what you need. So we're going to claim, we're going to claim at least... All right, whatever, okay, 20 or return. Okay, so Father God, I've sown this into them because I believe in each and every one of these people. 
And it's my heart's desire that they come up, 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 higher than they've ever been before. No more lack in their lives. Increase in their lives. It's the holiday season. They're going to have everything they need to do everything they need to do, Father. And I claim, say it with me, I claim a return on this of at least $20 in Jesus' name. Now, the next thing he said was, Satan, you take your hands off my finances. Now he said, go, ministering spirits, and cause the money to come in. Now, in order for all that to happen, this is what has to happen. Now, listen to me very carefully. I want you to stand there for maybe 30 seconds to a minute. And I want you to think about who in this crowd that you want to sow that to. This is your faith action. Now, no person in here should leave here without a $5 bill. And if everybody is led, this is where faith comes in. I'm teaching you two things today. I'm teaching you about sowing. And I'm teaching you about being led. Okay? You got to be led where you sow that money. You can't just... Okay? So I want you to close your eyes and think about who you want to sow this to. Don't everybody go over there and sow it to Dan. (laughs) I'm not saying that to be funny. Sow it to who the Lord leads you to sow it to. And it could be somebody totally different than your flesh wants you to sow it to. You can start now. And if you get one, say, I have one. Don't get two. Because for us to work right or hold yours up, say you have one. And not to me. Uh, That's for y'all. You've got to do it between each other. Not to me. Not to me. Now, every person that you're giving it to should be praying with you that you receive your harvest. Not to me. Okay. Then you should give it to an usher. I don't receive offerings for the church. Thank you. People are still moving around. They're still moving around in Branson. 
If you don't think this works, it's not going to do you any good. If you think the vitamins work, they'll do you some good. If you think this word works, you're going to reap a harvest. Not to me. No questions right now. Ask him. He can answer it. I bet you. I bet you he can answer it. Everybody should have one. If you have two, then somebody didn't get one. I'm going to check on it. Hold on to it just for a minute. And who did not get one? Okay. Then somebody got two. If you got two, hold up both hands. Move around and give it to somebody else. If you didn't get one, come up here and stand in the front. If you didn't get one in Branson, go stand to the front. And if you got two, come hand it to them. If you didn't get one, come stand at the front. If you got two, come hand it to them. Everybody will wind up with one. If you didn't get one, come stand at the front. If you didn't get one, come stand at the front. If you got two... Everybody got one, so everybody should have one. If you pocketed it, shame on you. <laughs> if you once you get it, you can sit down. If you just have one five dollar bill, you can sit down. All right, somebody's holding two fives. We're in church. We're in church. Shereen's going to have to go back to that 99-year-old and take some of her fives back. That's going to be a sad day. If you got two fives, you better be getting up here and giving them. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people. This is a real test of truth today. Hey, there's more happening here today than what we know. This is the reason some people are blessed and some people are not. Envy was the very first thing on that list. The very first thing. Shireen, I hate to do it, but you're going to have to go get some of those fives from her. That's sad. That means somebody kept. How many you got? No. No, only the fives that we had. Don't sow any of your money to these people. Only the fives that I gave out.
Okay, some of the choir, you better get down here in a hurry. You better be boogieing as fast as you ever did, like a lightning bolt. You better... You better... Everybody check your pockets and check your fives. Did you get one? Okay, we're doing better now. No more envy and no more strife. Man, you got to go back to the, the base principles of the oracles of God. It starts there, doesn't it? Okay, who, who, doesn't, who didn't get a return on their sewing? Y'all all got one. You got two? Okay, she's got two, so somebody's got an extra one. I, I don't want to get in, in the middle of it again. Rob, get it from her. Huh? No, you have to have five. You have to keep one. Everybody should have a five when they leave here today. Man, that's rules. People, learn how to follow the rules. I mean, I know I'm not, I'm not being funny. But do you, listen to me carefully, both places. Stop laughing just a minute because this is very, very, very important. Listen to me carefully. That word of knowledge that I got from the Lord in Canada, if I hadn't learned to listen to every detail that the Lord told me, exactly the way that He told me, that would have never happened with me. You have to learn when you're being led of the Lord, to do it exactly the way that He tells you to do it. He's not legalistic, but there's an outcome that He wants you to receive and He wants you to do. And sometimes it's not about you, it's about other people around you. And so it's very important that when the Lord tells you something, you do it exactly the way that He tells you to do it. And I'm not fussing at you, okay? You're loving. She's trying to love. And this is what we're doing. This is teaching. It's not correction. Okay? There's a difference in the two. Okay? So we have to learn. We're in elementary school right now. Okay? And this is how we learn. So everybody in here have a $5 bill that you received from this service today. Not that somebody else gave you, but from this service. Raise it up. Raise it up. Okay, where is it at? Where's your five? Yes. Okay. Get yours back from your daughter. Thank you. All right. That's following instructions. I said, not the kids today. Anybody else doesn't have a $5 bill in here today? They, they, had, they left theirs down here. I understand that. They ran off. I'm not going to make them run off again. Where's yours? Okay, do you have another five, Shireen? She'll get one. She's going to get her exercise today. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to be obedient to what the Lord told me. And in order for me to do what the Lord tells me, I've got to do what the Lord tells me. 
Dave, what about there? Tell me when everybody didn't give theirs away and you've got some fives and... This is taking way longer than it should, but we're going to learn. We're going to do what the Lord says. This is very important. We're going to be a church that does what the Lord says at all costs. This is vitally important, and it may be grading somebody to the core, but that's why you don't have what the Lord wants you to have. We're going to get this, guys. He wants us to have his very best. We can do all things exactly the way he tells us to do them. When he said get pots, they got pots. Back in the back, y'all got your $5? Cameramen? Okay. Don't don't have your five dollars? Somebody gave you a ten. <laughs> it would be funny if it wasn't so bad, right? That do you do you understand what these words mean up here? If the scripture says do this, what does it mean? Do you see why we don't have any more results than what we have? You can't add one plus one and get five and get the results that you want. If I put in my gumbo cornmeal instead of flour, what is going to happen? It's not going to be good. Did somebody get that changed out for her? Over here she's got a 10 instead of a 5. Can you change that for her, please? We're not making profit in here today. She also received it. If you don't have a five, I'm just sitting here till we get this right. If you don't have a $5 bill that you received from me today, would you please stand? In Branson or here, would you please stand? If you don't have a $5 bill, stand up, please. We weren't sewing today. We were doing it following instructions. There's somebody in the back back there. Shereen is getting an activity. She should have wore her flats today. Over here and over there.
Check and make sure you don't have two stuck together. Check and make sure yours says five and not 20 or 10. Tom, why don't you help Shireen out a bit? She's about to sweat out over there. I didn't mean for her to have to do her aerobics today. Dave, how y'all doing? He's still running too. Somebody help Dave out. You remember the baptism service we went till 4 (laughs) o'clock? This was supposed to take about five minutes. Are we close in Branson, Dave? Look at my person, my phone over here and get y'all a hundred dollar bill. Y'all get blessed for running around. Nope. Do it. Somebody stole three fives. That's what that means. Oh, here's one. Uh-huh. They had to walk out of here. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I hate to use terminology like that, but we're in church. And, and people are looking at me. You should see the looks that I'm getting right now. Some people are going... But we are in church. And we are representatives of of God and people in the world are going to hell in a handbasket and they're wondering why we as the church are doing the same things that they're doing and why our lives are not any better than their lives and this is why because we can't even do this in church without money missing and if you'll steal in church what will you do on the job And, and, I, and I'm not fussing at everybody, but if money's missing, money's missing. You know, Dave, is money missing there? No. <laughs> he's, he's adamant about it. No. They're clapping. They're clapping. But it, maybe it'll turn up. Maybe, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll correct it. Maybe somebody's sitting on it. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe nobody stole it. I won't get that harsh. Maybe somebody uh, lost it in here. Maybe we'll find it when they're cleaning up in here. How many are we missing? Two. We're missing two. So maybe, um, maybe somebody went to the bathroom and it fell out of their pocket or something. We'll, we'll believe for that, okay?
Y'all believe with me? I can't believe for that because I have no way in the world of having a scripture for that. (laughs) But anyway, all right. So everybody has their $5 bill, right? Let's get back on track here for just a minute. All right. The reason that I wanted to do this this way is because earlier in the week, I had a vision of this. And I saw exactly what happened. And it didn't go this way exactly. But I saw the first part of it. And I saw us doing this with these $5 bills. And I talked to Keith about it in length. And I saw it changing people's lives. I saw lives changing throughout the week. I actually saw people throughout the week remembering this and it being a stepping stone for the rest of their lives. I saw them knowing how to do it from now on. I saw that they took this five and they said, I got the $20, I got the $20. Now, the smart thing that you do is next week you do it again. I don't care if it's with five or if it's with one or if it's with something. But every week you sow something. You sow something. And you, and you say, now I'm sowing this, I'm doing these steps, and I am believing for this. And I'm expecting this. And the Lord will tell you to do something. Like this, I gave you the action today. Sow it into this person. But he's going to give you an action every time you do it. He's either going to tell you to sew it here. He's going to tell you to do this with it. He's going to tell you to bake them a cake. He's going to tell you to go do this. He's going to tell you. Everybody can sew something. You may go and sew coupons to somebody. I don't know. You may sew them a blanket. You may sew them some earrings. But you can do something and expect a return on it. That's the thing. You expect the return. Every week you're expecting something is going to... Okay, every time the phone rings, the girls don't know it, but I'm expecting we're getting that $3 million Keith's believing for. Every, oh, Shereen calls. She said, can I talk to you a minute? I'm thinking, that's that $3 million. That's that $3 million. Do you understand? You've got to be doing that very same thing. And it may go on for two years, and it may go on for five years, but I'm expecting it. Do you understand? I am expecting it. And you've got to be doing the same thing with yours. You're expecting, you're expecting, you're expecting. Okay? So everybody stand up. And the thing that you do when you're expecting is what? You thank the Lord for it. So let's do that. Father God, we thank you. Because you are so good to us. We honor your word. And you said if we give, it would be given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I honor your word. If you said it, I believe it. And I will do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys got something?